Rise and shine. Ooh, All there right. we go. We Ooh. are live. There we go. Great. Pretty good at, Icender says she's pretty good at lip reading. We need a, that is like a huge yeah. speaker thing going on there. I don't know why that's. <laughs> Stick on. it on the floor. So rise and shine, liberty loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L dot com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Starting all over again. You know, JC, we lost power yesterday. Yeah, that so, may have been So, you know, we, we lost power several times yeah. yesterday, and that's why we were running a rebroadcast yesterday, so maybe that's why... All of that happened. We just got a huge spike in desktop audio back there. Got something, a window that's running in the background, maybe. All right. I am so excited to be here with you guys today. We have a, oh, look, the first commercial came up for us, JC. This time it was a, is the media fair to President Trump? Answer now. You want to answer now? No, thank you. Is the okay? All right. So hold on. I can't hold on. Okay, you can't hold on. What are you doing? I am trying to avoid all these things that you were complaining about. Oh, so. <laughs> there we go. All right. So can we? Uh, can you just flap up there for a second and skip all that? Thanks. We have, uh, I have, I wanted to start off this, this afternoon, this evening with a Twitter moment. Can we do that? Sure. So what I'm asking you guys to... Uh, twit away. Twit away. I want to ask you guys for a moment to help me deal with this professor. The, the sound was us. The sound was us. So sound is back up. Sound is back up. Sound, sound issues were due to our power outage yesterday, and so we're still discovering things that are on and off that aren't supposed to be off or on. Off or on, so yeah. I think we're good now. I think we're good. Professor Isender knows this professor. Isender is in our YouTube chat room, and she was actually involved in this Twitter conversation okay. with this professor. So let me let me show you how this is. This is just how crazy these these people actually are. Look at this. So this is, <clears throat> just so you get a little background, this is a Twitter conversation that's um, mega posts long, and this is actually at the end. And she's not actually talking to me. She's talking to Tank, and I'm just simply tagged in all of this, and uh, I jumped in every blue moon to to point out the problems that she had with her tweet right so i just want you to i'm gonna read this out loud jc so people can mm -hmm. hear it because I, I wrap my brain around this she says uh we've gone way off track here i'm gonna leave you with my initial statement even the framers of the constitution weren't originalists wrap my brain around that one they built the constitution to have the flexibility to grow and change with the times you know that statement is only true if there is no fifth article to the constitution the article uh the fifth article of the constitution outlines the very specific means by which the constitution is to be amended Mm -hmm. And you cannot amend the Constitution any other way. And to say that it has the flexibility to grow and change with the times 
is that living, breathing document mentality that we uh, we always hear from these people. By the way, if you go through this feed, if you go to my, my Twitter channel, at Chris Ann Hall, you can go through this feed and you actually see how she, she, is, she allegedly is a uh, constitutional law professor. And she claims that she teaches law students these things. But when you go through the feed, JC, what you find is that she repeats the narrative over and over again that the Constitution prevented women from voting, that the Constitution called uh, black people three-fifths of a person, that the Constitution, that they, he, she even said that our founders were not originalists, which you see right here, meaning that they did not ever say that the meaning of the Constitution was to be dictated by those who wrote the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So here, guys, is how you need to deal with these people, okay? This is, now correct me if I'm wrong, JC, this is called a, a, an errant premise. You cannot build uh, facts further on this because the premise is false, right? You're trying to nail down the problems in that yes. string of sentences to yes. one thing? No, no. I mean, I'm <laughs> <laughs> just trying to identify the problems from a logical perspective and, and reasoned perspective. There are a lot of problems in that statement. Yeah. I, I could spend an hour just going over those. I sentences. know, man. You should see this. I mean, look at this string. This string. Now, a lot of times I leave, like, this is Isender and Tank, and they're just, they're dealing with her, right? And so I just sit and watch. I let you guys do this because it's not, you know, it doesn't benefit me to do this if we're not training other people to deal with this. So this is their, this is like their laboratory uh, class. For Liberty First University, right? So you guys are Liberty First University students. This is your lab exercise dealing with the law professors. She says, even the framers, this was her original comment, even the framers weren't originalists, you know. John Marshall, founding father and later chief justice of SCOTUS, wrote, we must never forget it's a constitution we are expounding, intended to endure for ages to come, and consequently to be adapted to the various crises of human affairs. All right, number one, that is a Supreme Court justice. That is not the language of the Constitution. And we also know, JC, that one person doesn't dictate the meaning. But I want go ahead. You've got you've got go ahead. No, what I see the problem in all the statements is just it, it's what I think of as fuzzy, fuzzy thinking and fuzzy communication. Mm-hmm. So they they don't define their terms. Right. So she takes this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So she's saying she uses these quotes and then she's saying she's essentially so she uses her phrase to grow and change with the times. Right. right? And and I and then we we are we have to intuit what she means uh, by those statements, which is clear mm-hmm. as she as she talks. So if we're to look at ha- what how she how she is uh, using that phrase, mm-hmm. so what she although she never defines it. So I assume it's this, like you said, living, breathing document, which which means what? Which means I don't know what it means actually. 
it would lead me to a question. And th this is the problem I have about defining terms. So notice she says John Marshall, right? John Marshall is saying these things. In mm -hmm. Intended to endure for the ages. Okay, that statement doesn't imply anybody gets to decide what the Constitution right. means and make it up as you go along mm -hmm. and change it as we go. And right. it's different in whatever situation you decide, right? That That's not what that statement means. No. Consequently, uh, has to be consequently adapted. Okay, that is the whole point of the article of the fifth article of the Constitution. Right. Yes, yes, they made the Constitution to be adapted. That's why they gave a process. So right. what what she's saying with adapt with and change with the times as you as we kind of go through here is I don't want to follow the legal pro, uh, process dictated by the document itself. Miss law I, professor I wanna, doesn't right. the she, law professor doesn't want to follow the legal yeah. process. So I just can we look go at ahead the statement that in. you shared initially, right? Uh -huh. I want I think the point here are the holes. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's it's the lack of defining terms. It's always the holes. Those are the traps. All right? So when she's saying uh the, the first the first the first quote you had. Okay. All right. Sorry, I got to back up just a little Ch bit. Changing, right? Built to change with the times. Right. Okay. So she says they weren't even originalists. Right. They built the Constitution, right? Just take this phrase built the Constitution to change. Right. With the times. Right. Okay, let's focus on that phrase to change. Built the Constitution, right? What is the subject of that clause? Const, con, well, in the sense, Constitution, like what is changing, right? Right. The verb refers to the Constitution. Right. Constitution change. So what is the Constitution? Physically, materially. The Constitution is a piece of paper. Right. Do you know what the Constitution does? Nothing. It's a piece of paper, okay? <laughs> so the Thank Constitution you. doesn't change. Right. People. A person, someone, mm -hmm. has to change it, right? right? So therefore, someone dictates it. Someone decides. Right. right. So the statement is an absolutely nonsensical statement. They designed the Constitution to change. No, they did not. They designed a process whereby the people, through their state representatives, change their constitution. Mm -hmm. That legal process is laid out in the fifth article of that very same document. So she so, said so they, there is no ch they the, built... The constitution doesn't just magically change with the times. So that's really the argument. When you dig behind what they're saying, you have to understand motive. What are they talking about? The constitution should change. No. She knows the constitution can't change by itself. Somebody has to change it. So she's advocating... For someone, or in this case, a particular group of someones with a particular ideology to change the Constitution. The Constitution, in that case, is the direct object. The transitive actor are some people. Because she doesn't want you to change the Constitution. Mm -hmm. If you follow the, the Fifth Amendment process to the Constitution change. Fifth she article. Would, she would, fifth, fifth article. She wouldn't want your changes. Right. Right. So, so it's, it, there's so many, and there are multiple 
places in the statement yeah, like that. So she says they built the Constitution to have the flexibility to grow and change with the times. No. And that's how she defines right. uh, the the opposite of that is the originalist. Yeah. Right. So she right. says an originalist is not somebody who believes that the Constitution is flexible to gr- grow and change with the times. Which is false. Well, no, well, no. An originalist well, fu- no, does believe that it does not. It is not flexible to grow and change with the yeah, times yeah, not and with the, the manager but meaning, management that but she's, what she's saying. But what she's implying here, another thing implied here, is that the Constitution is this fixed. Right, it's always fixed. Mm-hmm. It's which means it's outdated and it's stuck in some certain century. And originalists believe you should never change anything. And originalists believe that the founders never intended anything to change. If they didn't intend to be able to change it, there would not be the fifth article to the Constitution. So, so the issue of change is right. not the point. We have the Constitution lays out the ability to amend the Constitution. Right? She's not talking about change in that sense what she's talking about is lawlessness right right? to be able to reject the meaning of the constitution assign your own meaning alter that meaning without following any legal process as defined in the document itself so really it's not change she's advocating. It's lawlessness she's advocating. So what we need to understand from today's Liberty Lesson in our Twitter moment is to argue, to, to have a conversation with these people. The first thing that you should do is have them define the terms. So when she comes out saying they weren't originalists, you have to say, okay, that's great. Why don't you define for me what an originalist means to you? Yeah, what is an originalist? What, what is an originalist? Because you cannot have a, an educated conversation when nobody's operating on the, on the proper definitions of words. Because for her... The Constitution was built to have flexibility to grow and change with the times. For me, that phrase is in itself another term that needs to be defined. Yeah, that goes to the heart of it. That's actually where I'd start because that's kind of the end goal. So what exactly do you mean flexibility to grow and change with the times? My question would be, how do you what is that process i mean that would be a great question for her what is the process that you see by which the constitution has the flexibility to change and grow because i would love to have a professor like that actually put something like that in writing by the way i do want to say hello to ghana we have got people on on uh, listening to. I'm telling you, we have people all over the world that listen to us. Why? Because liberty is universal, right? Everybody wants to know liberty, and everybody knows that America does liberty best, or at least we started off best with liberty that way. And so, hello to Ghana over in our Instagram room. So we are at Instagram, we are at Twitter, we are at YouTube, we are at Facebook, and we are at ChrisAnhall.com. So. Yeah. Defining the terms are essential in conducting, and an, can I say it this way, in owning the conversation. Because that's what you're trying to do, right? Because you're not going to change Miss Law Professor's mind about this. You, you may plant the seed, the, the virus of the mind that makes her think about this. But let me, let me just set your, your, your conscience at ease here. Her entire self-worth is built on who she is. Her entire 
her entire employment is based on what she teaches. And this is what she teaches. For her to change that would mean restructuring everything that she does. Yeah, probably not going to happen. So Twitter, and this is, and JC and I have said this a lot, for me, this is a not about her. It's about people who are watching, right. right? It's the audience. It's the audience. You you are, when you're in her in the conversation with a person like that, with trolls on Twitter, mm-hmm. you are two people on a stage. Yes. And you are communicating with the audience. That's it. Right. So to me, to me, the thing is, get to the core, keep it simple. So right. I, it's two questions for me. And... And, and, and I think we talked about my perspective. It's not about your information. So you're, you're not you're, you're going to throw out information. She's going to throw out information. Right. The, the better thing is throw out a question. Right. And have her speak. Exactly. Have her answer. So mm-hmm. what. So how do we change my two questions? How do we change the Constitution? And then what changes do you want? Right. More specifically, what is it in the Constitution that you'd like to get rid of? Right. Right. Because because they walk around like on this sort of tirade about how bad the Constitution is. And there's a funny thing, by the way. They they want to point out and I, and I know you mentioned the distortions, right? They have certain distortions. Mm-hmm. But so even if you assumed. What they were saying was true about the Constitution, did this to women, the Constitution did this to uh, black people, which it's not in there. It's, it's not. These are there. things Supreme Court did. These are things people did at the state level, politicians and. Uh, you know, individuals, Corrupt poli- the, the language yeah. is not in the Constitution. It was but, a basis on political corruption. But, assu- but, but even if you even if you assumed, OK, that's a thing. Isn't it interesting? It's always pointing to something. OK, this was 100 years ago, 150 years ago. That's nice that that really bothers you, that that used to be used to be a thing in the Constitution. But uh, it's not now. Like, right. Even if you say, OK, that will. Okay, fine. The Constitution was there, but um. Oh, by the way, we fixed that, right? So yeah, can it's, I just it's point not out even like why is that even a conversation? Well, what's what, interesting? What in the Constitution right now do you hate? What's, what do you want to remove? What's interesting, JC, is that all the complaints that she had, and and remember her her whole premise is again. Let's go back on this thing. The 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 tweet here that that they built a constitution of flexibility to grow and change with the times and her premise is is that that you know it's a living breathing document and we don't need to amend it yet all the complaints that she has and how the constitution has been changed because of those inequities they perceive were done via the fifth article of the constitution right they were not created through supreme court precedent correct they were not created by by legislation by the by congress they were not created by an executive order of the president of the united states all the changes that these liberal professors and 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 so on say we required to change in the constitution because they hated the constitution 150 years ago uh, are changed because of the fifth article you don't need this, we have to have the Supreme Court reinvent and mold and shape the Constitution. We don't need to have the, the, the legislators do this, right? Again, that's so nonsensical. If, if everything is shifted to the power of the Supreme Court to just decide how, is, how, how it's going to be, 
why 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 would you even why would these people even argue about the Constitution? Because if you if you've now shifted it to the Supreme Court to run things, you, you don't have a Constitution anymore. Right. I mean, you're basically saying we reject the Constitution. So to say we need the court to alter the Constitution is to say we need to get rid of the Constitution. So it the very argument is nonsensical. Right. The, the shifting of power. <laughs> you know what was funny, JC, whenever... Whenever I, you know, I mean, because I'm only showing you a snapshot of the conversation, right? So when I asked her questions she didn't have answers for, she just ignored them, mm. right? So that's another tactic that they have, ignore the conversation when it doesn't fit the narrative. Right. And that's the beauty of, of, of Twitter is, you know, you can ignore the conversation when you don't like it. And then you can speak in vague terms because you're only given 140 characters. And then what she would do to me is, you know, with the questions in the, in the statements, because I did make some statements, was, well, you're not being specific. And one time I just told her, I said, get real, prof. It's stinking Twitter. If you want to have a full uh, disclosure of information, then go to my website because we do teach all these things, you know, and don't you don't teach your classes in 140 characters or less. So don't expect me to, you know, I'd say come on the show. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. Come it? on here. I know. I, I direct messaged her and told her we would be talking about her on the show. So, yeah, come on here and explain it. As, ex- yeah. Explain, explain why you prefer a lawless nation. Right. Right. Because, because here's the thing. Well, because um, she thinks the Supreme Court is law. No, but it's idiotic, right? Because but it's oligarchy, which is lawlessness. But, Professor, okay, you, you take the same argument. Like, the only thing changes, only thing changes in, in her scenario is who's running things. <laughs> so she, no, seriously, so she's no, making truly, the, truth, the, same, the same argument. Yep, truth. That supported segregation, mm-hmm. uh, discrimination, racism, is what she's advocating. Right. Right. Let's operate outside of the rule of law. Let, let's just let's just make so-called society as a whole decide, and we move and change with the times. The times in the fifties said you can go in this business, not business. You know, you you you're less of a person here. I mean, it's it's crazy. Okay, to me. but the times. Uh, the, what you're talking about, JC, is is majority rule, That's is mob mentality, yes. which is the very society that always, always, let me say this one more time, always throughout history establishes a hierarchy in society Correct. that inevitably creates slavery. The, the, the idea, and, and I have an article at chrisanhall.com that explains all of this, you know it's there, yep. that, that it is the originalist perspective because it was the intent of our founders to end slavery. And it is the originalist perspective of giving the constitutional republic where the people are, our laws are created through representation not through mob mentality that ended slavery and it is the living breathing document lawlessness as you call it but mob mentality that always throughout time creates the authority the power of slavery so what what miss miss betsy law professor 
And, and I don't understand how people can be so focused on social justice. I mean, because that's she's that's what she is. She's a social justice person. How 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 can they be so focused on on equality for women and equality for minorities and not recognize JC, help me with this and not recognize and not see that the mob mentality, the popular mob mentality that they advocate for actually undermines the equality that they profess from their mouth that they are seeking. You cannot have equality in society when the majority rules. No, you that means the very premise of majority rule eliminates equality. I don't I don't understand it. I I can't I don't know how to relate to that. Even as somebody, okay, I, I'm I'm a recovering liberal. Everybody who has watched this for a long time, I am I was a hardcore socialist. I came up with a term the other day, JC. My mother was not a hardcore socialist. She was a Gene Roddenberry socialist, right? But I le- leapt from her foundation and became a hardcore socialist. So uh, even I who believed what she says uh, can't wrap my brain around that anymore. I don't. I don't think my synapses don't work like that anymore. Well, I, I just, I don't, and I not to go off the rails, but I, I just, I don't, I don't even like the fir- that fr- the phrasing, the majority rule, right? Yeah. You, you you can't have equality or equal justice. You can't have social justice by stepping outside of the rule of law you can't you can't have justice by not following the rule of law and i'm not talking about following the law i maybe as a law professor she may not understand this Mm -hmm. some people don't have a concept of what we mean by the rule of law um not just simply obeying the law but in the sense of we we have the framework in the constitutional process the constitutional framework of inherent rights individual rights you can't leave that. Right. You know, and the rule of law entails us having a written standard, a, a, a written reference, uh, an unchanging reference in the sense of this is the standard, this is what's ratified, uh, and that's the supreme law of the land. Right. So to say that it's just, it just so the whim of society changing with the times. What is the times? That's not a standard. What is the standard? Because uh, as, I I, as I said, at, at times, the times dictated that it's okay to round up people based on the color of their skin and put them in concentration camps mm-hmm. in, in the Supreme Court, right, says that, okay, so she wants the times and the courts to decide right, right and justice. The Times and the court said put Japanese people in prison camps okay. simply because they're Japanese. For court f- says okay. That's, that's Indefinitely. I want people to understand because that. twenty hindsight is twenty twenty, right? When the Supreme Court gave that opinion that we could put Japanese Americans. Now, these are not foreigners, right? These are not people yeah, who... Americans of the, Japanese right, descent. J- Americans, citizens of Japanese descent in these internment camps, when they made that opinion, it was indefinitely, JC. 
Yeah. Because we look at it now, and most people stands. don't realize. Well, but I mean, they could hold them there indefinitely. The Supreme Court didn't say, okay, you have 90 days, and then you have to give them a trial. No, they said, no, you can keep them there indefinitely. And I wonder how many Americans actually understand out there that some of those people were in those internment camps for four years. Yeah. Four years. People were, were were born there. People died there. And and it's just crazy to me. I love that. I, I love how you place that, JC, the times and the courts. Because the times said slavery was a necessity, and the courts said due process isn't necessary. And by the way, that's also the difference between the law and the rule of law. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So Congress passed a law. That said, this is okay. Actually, it was okay. an executive order. Executive order, yeah. whatever. And then, so those those bodies gave that directive, mm-hmm. and then the court said, that's okay. But the principles of due process, right. right, that's a standard that's written down in the Constitution. So those laws were outside of the rule of law, right? They contradicted mm-hmm. the Constitution. So because she's advocating, let's not look at the Constitution. Let's let's not be an originalist and take it to mean what it says. Let's right. just let some sort of extra constitutional bodies decide meanings. Well, that's what gave us that. Right. That is what gave us that. So the, and and let me mention why I say about the majority rule. I I don't I don't think that's the focus, right? Because to say you can't have social justice if you have majority rule. Well, if the majority is righteous, yeah, you can have justice. But but that the the but the, the real human point nature is, says that that is transitionary. Exactly. That's that's the key. Yeah. You can't rely on the majority being righteous and right because right. that changes right. the Constitution. Written down, it has to go through the states. Three quarters ratified. The people. We have right. time to debate and talk about this. Right. It's a long, deliberative difficult process on purpose so that we don't make knee-jerk decisions and incorporate that into our system. That's the whole point of it. And by the way, these same people, these progressives, complain uh, about the system being slow and unresponsive. Like we heard that Brit guy on the video just yesterday, I think, in class, uh, complaining that the American legislature they they can't hardly pass anything they can't hardly get anything done. It's, what you know? It's such a a, a messy process. Yeah, that that's Praise the, the point. Lord. That, that is, is the, the point. point. <laughs> you do not want government running like a well-oiled machine no. because that well-oiled machine will drive over you like a steamroller, yeah, right? And that's the whole point. We are not supposed. The people are supposed to hold the brakes. Look at the look at the whim now. When you look at what we see going on and then the media confirming and sort of sending out this, these opinions. And by the way, people respond to what's transmitted in the media. media. So what do we see now? We see what's been taught for decades, uh, this, this um, uh, group guilt, right? Group guilt, group guilt, which is anti-American, anti-constitutional. Mm-hmm. It's lawlessness. So this is in the social justice realm. This group guilt is put up as some sort of higher ethic. And it's fact. In fact, it's an immoral ethic. Right. So you look at, like the thing in Wisconsin, reacting to right. So you say, oh, they're reacting to an injustice. The idea of group guilt says injustice is a legitimate reaction to injustice. So then you watch the shop owner guy, who they, because okay, here's a guy shot in the back. That's unjust. So then they go burn somebody's shop, light some guy's shop on the fire. 
that guy didn't shoot anybody. He did, he's not guilty of anything personally. Right. Right? He didn't do anything. But because of this notion of group guilt, oh, well, he's white. He's part of the system. Blah, 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 blah. So just because you're a member of some group, you're guilty. And therefore, it's okay that I take his property, burn his property, loot his store. Then when he tries to protect it, I knock him out and try to kill him, leave him, lay him bleeding on the sidewalk. So that that is what's going under the guise of social justice, which is not justice at all. But this but and this is where I'm going with this, that same mentality that says the times like just this amorphous the group of people at the moment they have they they should decide that. Well, guess what? A group of people at the moment have decided in Wisconsin that because somebody over here was abused, then we can now go abuse innocent people, take their stuff, destroy their stuff, and that's justified. That is the social justice ethic. That is not the Constitution. That's the whole reason we have a Constitution. By so the it's way, not mob rule and whimsical reaction to these emotional events. But at JC, that is how democracy works. Yes, that that's is, democracy that in action. That is pure democracy in action. Thank you, Jeff Benjamin, for your super chat. He says, go get him, Chris Ann. You're a warrior. JC's the warrior today. <laughs> so I wanted to I want to take a second and give you a little uh, notification of where we're going to be uh, sh- in on September 4th, 7 uh, p.m. September 4th this year, 7 p.m. We will be in Sherman, Czech, Texas, teaching on the Second Amendment and state and local overreach. Uh, there is limited seating there. You must register online at chrisannhall.com. Please, please, it, Sherman is, is not far from Dallas. It's not far from Fort Worth. Uh, you can drive over and be a part of this class. This class is going to be, uh, you know, we've been talking about government overreach with uh, COVID, but we really need to get back to the subject of the Second Amendment and state and o- local overreach because there's too much confusion about what the state governments can do with our right to keep and bear arms, what what uh, you know? What does the Constitution apply? Does the Bill of Rights apply? How does this work? And so, what we're going to be doing is talking about these things. We're going to be talking about what is actually the ruling law, right? Because sometimes there's a higher law than than the than what Congress or what your Supreme Court can come up with. And so it's important for us to make sure that we are uh, getting educated on these things. So I wanted to make sure you guys know about that. And again, thank you guys for your super chats and, and your support of us. It's so important the way that you support us. We can't do what we do without you. I'm going to move on to the final Twitter moment. This is sort of an encouragement that I have for you guys today. A little personal victory moment that I had. JC and I went to a local smoothie shop. Now, the local smoothie shop, um, I'm not going to give their name because I don't want them attacked. I don't want them in trouble, and I don't want the trolls to go all over them. But (laughs) Mac, people love Mac, JC. But I wanted to share this with you because this is how we change things at the grassroots level. And so I actually um, went up, we were in the smoothie shop, and I and it was a uh, just really of age, the four or five people that were working there were millennials. Uh, 
And so I recognized their culture and how to reach them. And I said, after I ordered my smoothie, hey, you guys want to see a really cool YouTube video? (laughs) And they were like, yeah, man, we always like watching cool YouTube videos, right? And so I showed them the video of Dr. Ted Noel, who is a doctor here in Florida who did this amazing YouTube video on how masks don't help. I explained to them. Now, this this all, I mean, I'm talking to them you while they're doing this. Uh, yeah, I, I am now talking to them, right, while the video's playing. And I'm like, uh, and, and it was crazy because each of the employees had different masks on. And I was like, hey, this is your mask. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's your mask. Hey, you know that big one that they're always talking about, the N95, is it N95, is that right? N95, this is what that one does. And they were all just standing there. I mean, I started off with one, and then three of them were watching this video. The one I found out later was the manager. So while we're watching this, I'm explaining, see the smoke? The smoke is actually uh, m- up to or even 10 times larger than the virus itself. I explained to them how the mask collects moisture, so they're breathing, possibly breathing mold. And the one, one girl, I mean, I'm engaging them. She says, well, isn't wearing a mask better than wearing nothing at all? And I said, actually, it's not, because you see it's not doing anything, and it's actually dangerous to you. She says, what if I wash my mask? I said, well, if you wash your mask, because she had one of those cloth masks on, I said, what you're actually doing is expanding the gaps in the fibers, which means more virus comes out. And then I told them, I talked to them about how when you're wearing your mask, you're actually breathing your body's waste. Because when you breathe out, that's the waste of your body going out. You should have seen their eyeballs. They were like, waste? I'm breathing waste? When I said that, and we were at the end of the video, what I found out later was the manager, he reached up, pulled off his mask, and threw it down. (laughs) And he told the rest of his staff, he said, take those damn things off. Right (laughs) there in the smoothie shop. I was like, I want to jump up and down. I want to cheer. I want to shout. But I want you guys to see the power of truth. We took just a few minutes to get them into the, the video. And it's a YouTube video. So people like watching YouTube videos. And it's a very compelling. You know, I didn't start at the beginning. I know where the mask part starts and showed them the meaty stuff. And while they're watching, I explained to them the biology of it, the chemistry yeah. of it. It was just a very, very powerful experience, and I want everybody to know and to understand that's the power that we have. I use the picture now. The picture yeah, the picture is great. I put the all six masks side by side. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we showed that picture the other day. but Yeah, I think yeah. we did it the I use that Friday. One. So, and then I look at whatever mask, whatever mask they're wearing, you know, I say, oh, here's yours. Here's what yours does. Yeah. And you yeah. Know, make it bigger and show there's your mask. And, you, you know, it's, it's stills. I took stills from the video of when the smoke's coming out of the mask. So the one employee was wearing a cloth mask, and she was like, wow, look at that. I was like, that's your mask. And I said, oh, wait, wait, that's her mask. And, you know, the, the super, you know, supposed to be supersonic cloth mask, 
not that end one, but the one that mm-hmm. you buy. She said, wow, she paid a lot of money for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and look, it doesn't, doesn't do anything more than yours does. If anything, it's worse because it keeps more moisture in. It's not yep. going to be absorbing that moisture. So I thought that was really, really exciting, something to, to look forward to, and just a little teaching moment. Remember, we are a teach show, and we are not a talk show. So we want to disciple you on how to do these things. Speaking truth and taking back the narrative is not going to happen through Fox News. It's not going to happen through MSNBC. It's going to happen through the voice of the people. So I'm very excited about that. Hey, JC, uh, I wanted to show this up here because this is this is. Uh, This is kind of like the moment of vindication, right? We have been talking to people about how we're not going to have government mandates of masks. Now, we've seen it happening in Virginia, right? And I was talking federal. You may see it like in California, Virginia, that kind of thing, right? Because, my goodness, if you live in a state where it's illegal to sing in church but you can smoke cigarettes through your mask in a casino. All right, let me just say that again. It's illegal to sing in a church, but it's legal to smoke cigarettes in an open casino. Then you're, you're obviously not going to fit the narrative of logic and reason. Right? So most states recognize that it's not going to go over well if they if they mandate masks on the government level. But what they're going to do, and this is actually an article from National Geographic, right? Uh, We're going to, uh, it says, in the United States, most vaccine mandates, uh, most vaccine mandates come from the government. Now, that's not actually true because vaccinations are not going to come from the the government in that way. I don't know why the the uh, National Geographic would say that other than we have like in here in Florida, we have the opportunity for government mandate mass or, or for government mandate um, vaccinations. Right. But we don't have actual government vaccination mandate. Because government issuing vaccination mandates always have these exceptions. You can accept, you have, uh, you can be exempted for religious things. You can do that. But, yeah, but it says these mandates are commonly tied to public school attendance. Oh, yeah, and students receive vaccinations with exemption for medical, religious, and philosophical uh, um, reasons. But watch how this progresses now. This is Yahoo Finance. So the, the question is... You're saying there, there are mandates, but there are exemptions. Right. There are mandates, okay. but there are exemptions. Not, not that there are not any mandates. No, no. Not that there are not any mandates. Okay. But the mandates allow for exemptions. I see. Right? But the exemptions are what I think create the loophole that you really can't call them mandates because if I don't have to do it, then it's not really mandated, right? The mm-hmm. mandates are going to come through the businesses. And I thought this from Yahoo Finance was a very interesting telling statement on the way people think. And it goes back, JC, to what the professor said about changing with the times. Look at this. The Yahoo Finance article says, still there's one key question that remains unanswered. 
and I knew you were going to love this. Can governments, which are incurring considerable expenses to accelerate the development of a successful vaccine, forcibly inoculate its citizens? Can they? Well, the answer is, that question is partly answered last week by Virginia, where the state's top health official vowed to make COVID-19 vaccination mandatory once a candidate was widely available. Does that question answer whether they can legally do that? Does it answer the question, is it constitutionally allowed for them to do that? No, it just simply says, because they did, they can. See, that's not the right question. The right question is, does your state constitution protect your right to privacy, your right to, you, to unreasonable searches and seizures of your body? Does your state constitution protect your right to privacy? You know, those kind of things. What kind of exception in your state constitution exists for emergencies? And we've talked about this already. These emergencies don't exist in the state constitutions. But I thought that was really funny, JC, because they, they offer that answer as if it's conclusive. That doesn't answer the question. Can governments? Well, they must be able to because they did. No, the question ought to be, can they legally do that? So here's the thing that we need to look at. Because if the government violates your state constitution, they're going to get sued. There's going to be lawsuits. There's going to be resistance to government-mandated vaccinations. Well, here is the Harvard Business Review. Why businesses must help build trust in a COVID-19 vaccination, right? Because the most powerful push for a COVID-19 vaccination is going to be from the businesses through commerce than through actually doing Uh, government mandates. We cannot establish the level of herd immunity, Harvard says, needed to contain the COVID-19 pandemic unless enough people accept the vaccination. Leaders have advocated that advancing health literacy, the degree to which people have the capacity to obtain, process, and understand basic health information, is critical to building and maintaining public confidence in vaccines. Recognizing the importance of this effort, some large employers, including MasterCard, Apple, and Google, are communicating with their employees that full reopening of their workplace depends on the success of a vaccination for COVID. We've got people, we've got large businesses saying, we are not going to open back up until our employees vaccinate. We are not going to be doing, uh, conducting businesses unless we vaccinate. And let's look back at, the, at the, what the uh, National Geographic says. This is the future some experts see, a world in which you need to show you've been inoculated against the novel coronavirus to attend a sports game get a manicure to go to work, or hop on a train. We're not going to get the, to the point 
where the vaccine police break down your door to vaccinate you, says this bioethicist at New York University School of Medicine. But he and other, several other health policy experts envision vaccine mandates could be instituted and enforced by local governments or employers, similar to the current vaccine requirements for school-age children, military personnel, and hospital workers. So your vaccinations, they say, will be pushed and forced through commerce. Which is why, everybody, we have been talking on this show, you must build the substructure for a commerce now of businesses from seed to store that will not require you to have a vaccination. I showed you last week, USA Today has an article where the doctors are saying you cannot allow people to have religious exemptions for this vaccination because it's too dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is too dangerous, right? Yeah, you already know my opinion on all this. Yeah, so I wanted to show... It only... We're only going to one destination. Yeah. Well, here's what I want to show you guys, because right now there is published a document and I'll put it up here at the top so you can see it. And I actually printed out a copy because I didn't want it to disappear. Right. This is from the the equal opportunity, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission of the federal government on the explanation of pandemic preparedness in the workplace and the Americans with Disability Act. And I want and this was actually created in 2019. Oh, yeah, in 2019. You can see that right here in uh, 2019, but it's been updated recently, uh, March 21st, 2020 to deal with COVID. And there was a couple things that I wanted to show you, okay? Um Number number two here, right? The ADA requires employers disability-related inquiries and medical exemptions for all applicants, employees, and those, including those who do not have uh, ADA disabilities. It prohibits covered employees, employers from excluding individuals with disabilities from the workplace for health or safety reasons unless they pose a direct threat uh, uh, which is a significant ri- risk of substantial harm, even with reasonable accommodation. So basically what I want to show you is that the key to everything that has to do with not only employer mandates, but also public accommodation. We're talking about businesses dealing with customers, right? All hinge around this requirement for reasonable accommodations, Okay, so the 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 people have to give you reasonable accommodation. And it specifically says during a pandemic, during a pandemic. So It's not like this doesn't apply. This was specifically specifically updated to apply. No, it was written in 2009 to apply to pandemics. It's been updated to include covid. Right. Mm. So individuals with the, the employers and businesses of public accommodation. And let me just go over here and flip over here so you can see who is required to comply with the ADA. 
All right. The ADA applies to organizations and businesses that fit one or more of the following criteria. All local, county, state, federal government agencies. All any business that relies on the general public for their benefit. Privately run companies that currently have 15 or more employees. Nonprofit charitable organizations which either have 15 or more employees or which operate for the benefit of the general public. Churches are not included in that, by the way. So, public accommodation, retail stores, restaurants, public parks, public restrooms, airports. I mean, look at this whole list of, of places. So, if they tell you that you have to have a vaccination to get in, they are violating the ADA because they have to give you a reasonable accommodation. Let me show you this. Let's see. All right, down here to C. A reasonable accommodation is a change in the work environment that allows an individual with a disability to have an equal opportunity to apply for a job, perform a job's essential functions, or enjoy equal benefits and privileges of employment. If they tell you you can't do your job because of COVID, because you can't wear a mask, or because you won't get vaccinated, they must provide you with a reasonable accommodation that does not diminish your pay. Okay, so that's that's the thing. Now, an undue hardship is the business's defense, which says it, if it results in a significant difficulty or expense for the employer, taking into account the nature and cost of the accommodation, the resources available to the employer, and the operation of the employer's business. If the particular accommodation would result in an undue hardship, then the employer is not required to provide it. But see how this goes. But still must consider other accommodations that no, do not pose an undue hardship. So I want you to understand that the, the key here is accommodations. Okay. It's a, it is accommodations. Now let me show you something that's coming. This is what's coming to your business future okay this is page seven this is the future uh let's see where am i oh right sorry my page has page numbers on it and this one doesn't so let me go ahead and put up here in my little thing All right, here we go. ADA compliant pre-pandemic employee survey, which means you're going to see this on future job applications. This is the government and the ADA and the EEOC saying that they can ask you these questions in your job applications and they will not, do, they will not violate labor laws. Look at this. In the event of a pandemic, would you be unable to come to work because of any of the following reasons? If schools or a daycare centers were closed, would you need a, to care for a child? If other services were unavailable, you, would you need to care for other dependents? If public transportation were sporadic or unavailable, would you be unable to travel to work? If you or a member of your household fall into one of these categories identified by the CDC as being a high risk for serious complications from the pandemic, uh, influenza virus, would you be advised by public health authorities not to come to work? 
And an answer of yes to that question means that you can now be excluded as an employee. They can refuse to give you a job and it's not discrimination. So how do they not fall into the trap of requiring public accommodation? They put this in their employee in their uh, in their employee questionnaire, your your pre-screening for employment. And if you answer yes to any of these questions, you're never even going to get an interview. I thought that was pretty easy, I interesting, especially from a, from a legal perspective. Now, the one thing that I wanted to show you that that is relevant to the vaccine question, okay? May an employer covered by the ADA and Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 compel all of its employees to take a vaccine. Notice there's no language in here updated about COVID, they said, uh, to take an influenza vaccine regardless of their medical condition or their religious beliefs during a pandemic. The answer is no. Okay? So according to the EEOC, according to the ADA, you cannot be forced to, to take a vaccination by your employer. And remember, this applies to all of these places as well. They cannot lawfully force you to do this without giving you reasonable accommodations. Let's be clear. This is an executive agency, correct? Yes, this is an executive agency. So then the stability of those requirements depends on solely upon the executive on who is in the executive so office in other words as soon as joe biden is elected right you would expect all of this to change i would expect all of this to change uh we uh, if joe biden well if kamala harris is elected president of the united states right all of this would change because this kind of stuff can be changed by executive order because basically an executive order can't rewrite the policy. But what happens is, is an executive order can tell the agency how to enforce the policy. Right. So if an employer well, or the ADA to work or not, they're yeah. going to give orders to to the agent, the executive branch. And then you're going to be forced to take a vaccine. No, what I'm going to what I'm saying is, is that the ADA will issue a white paper and the EEOC will issue a white paper that says we believe COVID is is such a terrible disease, is such a terrible virus that we're not going to if you violate this part of ADA, we're not going to spend resources coming yeah, after sure. you. So basically, and, and we're not going to enforce this. I just use Biden as an example. This can right. happen at any time. At any time. With it, what I'm saying is, this is not, this is not a done deal. Like this is what it says, so everything's, you know, secure in the future. Uh, this this specifically would be connected to the executive branch, right? Because that's how they that's how they carry it out. As it stands now. This all this is going to be about your state governments. Right. It, ha it has absolutely nothing to do with the federal government in the sense of uh, being put upon, being mandated upon you. That will come at your states. Right. At this point, the federal government, because there's still some semblance of hey, we don't have we do, that's not our thing. It, it just just like they were making the comparison between the vaccines for school, mm -hmm. that's a state issue. 
And then some states have exemptions, some some states don't. Right. So it's all right. going to be coming from the state. Right. So all those people that ignore their state and they just focus on federal politics. Right. Going to going to get blindsided. Yeah. So this is why it's so important for us to send out the information that we have. This is why it's so important for us to to speak publicly about this, like the things that I was doing in the business itself. And if we wait until the mandates come to start building our structure, our alternative commerce structure, we're behind the curve. So don't wait, guys. We need to start building our networks now. Build your networks now so that you know. I'm, I'm serious. We need a commerce from seed to store. Mm-hmm. We need a commerce business people who are, who are actually going to refuse to comply with these things and say we're not going to enforce this, we're not going to make our employees do this, and we're not going to make our customers do this either. We did this. In 1774, we can do this again. We have greater communication. We have greater unity. We can do this now. And technically, even with you know with the ADA and all that you're looking at, and you're talking about the way it's operating. Right. Technically speaking, the federal government has no authority to tell tell no. the businesses one way or or another. Absolutely but not. That's what's happening. But federal or state. That, but, but that's what's happening. That's oh, right. And not only that, but the businesses themselves are deciding, hey, if you don't get a vaccine, you don't have a job. Right. So what you have to understand is these the, the alternative, the, the, the liberty commerce that I'm talking about have to be people who are willing to not comply even if the federal government's unconstitutional agencies try to enforce them. Yeah. Just like they're doing now. Like the, the gym owners kick down the doors, right? right. Kick down the doors. But you know, Don't let them... Uh, close you. You're going to stay open. Those, by the way, those New Jersey gym owners, they turned their gym into a uh, a Republican Party headquarters, so they couldn't be shut down either. So you got to use your liberty ingenuity to do these things, but you have to be dedicated, and you have to be uh, you have to be consistent and persistent, and know that you're not going to shut down regardless of the consequences. Our founders said, consequences be as they may, we are determined to proceed. And that's what we have to do. You know, guys, you support us. And when you support us, you keep us going. You want to know more about the Constitution and how this works, you need to be a student at libertyfirstuniversity.com. But, J.C., you've got some new stuff up here at at liberty, at at godgunsliberty.com. Yep. Uh, t- tell them about the new T-shirts and stuff that you have yes, that support new, us as well. New shirts, Second Amendment shirts says "Don't need your permission." <laughs> um, the little two A, you know, leaning ARs there. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching uh, some of the reports on the Republican National Convention speeches. I haven't watched any of them or anything, but apparently Uncle Tom was trending. Uh, because there were some African-American speakers. And mm-hmm. so anytime you disagree with the progressives, you know, they they start uh, launching racist names and whatever. So anyway, um, there's a liberated Tom T-shirt. I'm not your uncle. Uh, I thought was fitting for that. And uh, for for any of you uh, Bible scholars out there, 
right? If somebody uh, if somebody slaps you, you know, you turn the other cheek. So here's a little uh, kind of funny T-shirt. All right, I've turned both cheeks. Now what? And he's got his baseball bat and ready to go. God. So yeah, check them out. Godgunsliberty.com. Cool. Godgunsliberty.com. You have. I, I like that one, by the way. That's pretty cool. Uh, go there, and when you purchase your T-shirts, you feed back into what we do here and help us bring to you the information that we have. Go to chrishanhall.com and see where we're going to be. Like I said, we're going to be in uh, Sherman, Texas, coming up on the 4th of September. Please uh, sign up and come if you have, and, and even if you're not in the area, go ahead and share this on your social media. If you share this on your social media, somebody else is going to see it. This is actually on my Twitter page, but it's on Facebook as well, and it's on Instagram. It's on Parlor, So you can share all of these things. We want, we want a barn burner. We want actually to be busting out the walls on this, and we are going to make sure that uh, uh, we give the education that everybody needs for that. ChrisAnnHall.com, we're going to be coming up, JC. We're going to be in uh, Washington State. In We're going to be in uh, Kansas City. Uh, well, we're going to be in the Kansas City area and uh, both Kansas and Missouri areas uh, as well. So if that sounds familiar, like near your home, then make sure you come along. Make sure that you hit the thumbs up for us. I'm off camera here make sure you hit thumbs up for us make sure you hit the subscribe button down here make sure you ring the bell help us help you uh and share if you share you actually help us override the algorithm you can do all of that on facebook you can do all of that on twitter you can do all of that on youtube all of these things that don't cost you a dime it doesn't cost you anything to share it doesn't cost you anything to give us a like or to subscribe help us as well and don't forget you can get the audios of all of our podcasts as well and there are many ways to support us in that thank you again for those of you who support us on super chat today and always uh jc you want to sign us off today or no we're off yeah all right god bless you guys uh no storm today praise the lord we will see you tomorrow